It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anton Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam. You guys have the ball center now, right? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's the ball arena. Or is it the ball center? I think it's ball arena. Ball arena makes ball arena. It sounds like ball, ball arena. arena is another one. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> but I want, I want the, the Nuggets now to, to trade for the top pick and, and take LaMelo. Trade for Lonzo Ball. Yeah. And in the, in the ball arena, okay. Ball can pass to Ball, who can then throw an alley-oop to Ball Ball. You always open our Friday show with like the daddest of dad jokes. Like, I am a dad. <laughs> that was the daddest of dad show. Welcome to Friday, everybody. <laughs> the ball arena, though. Yep, the ball arena. <laughs> the ball arena. <laughs> well, the one, the, the the first thing I think of when I think of ballerinas is Nikola Jokic. That's right, baby. Like <laughs> he's a like swan those, out there. He's like those hippos from Fantasia. Remember that? Like. <laughs> Anywho, we are going to talk. We have a fun show lined up for you guys today. Adam actually gave me credit for coming up with a good power rankings idea for this one. It's actually so good that we're going to spend two segments on it. Uh, we uh, are going to start, however, with Seth Rosenthal. Who was that? Was his <laughs> Seth Partnow? <laughs> the disrespect. The Seth Partnow. The great Seth Partnow over at the Athletic. All right, Seth Pat Partnow over at The Athletic has been tiering players. And I got to say, I, I, I prefer tiers to just a straight-up list. So like, I don't like any of these. And no, this is neither. why we, we riff off of power rankings be, yeah. for this exact idea, because I think power <laughs> rankings are so dumb, so we kind of like turn it on its head. But tiers are better than, than rankings yeah. just for the simple fact of like it makes you better at, you know, at these types of estimates and putting guys. But to me, it's still... I always say players are like ingredients and putting together a team's like baking a cake. All right. I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, would you say right. that? You're right. You're absolutely Would you say right. that pepperoni is inherently better than, you know, like lettuce? It depends. If you're making a pizza, yeah, it is better. If you're trying to make a, a, a salad, no, it's not. So have you, have you ever had pepperoni in a salad though? It is pretty good. You're right. It's not bad. <laughs> So what we've learned so far <laughs> is pepperoni is objectively better than lettuce. There so we would go. go on a higher tier. So what we're going to start with, we're, we're going to start by talking about these tiers uh, as they've appeared so far. And then in segments two and three, uh, we are going to power rank the top 10 uh, coaching destinations if all of the coaching spots, all of those yeah. coaching jobs opened up miraculously. Right. So, so we're going we're gonna to rank those from, from 1 to 10 or 10 to 1. Uh, let's start, though, with that tier. What's his okay. top tier so far? I'm curious about the top tier. Well, so we're almost done. I mean, they've done, like I said, Seth has done an enormous amount of work. A hundred players, I believe, that he has ranked or, or put into five different tiers. So, you know, you're cutting off the end of bench guys, this or that. But you get, you get most of your important players here ranked into tiers. And we're all the way up to tier two, which means we know who is in tier one. Mm-hmm. 
by virtue of who's left out there. Um, and I'll just tell you, he broke two into three sub-tiers, A, B, and C. Two A, two B, and two C. Two A, the top of Why tier two. Why couldn't he just done like seven tiers? I, you know what? Don't, just stop, Anthony. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so in two A, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Anthony Davis. Meaning there are six players left. Six players in tier one. Anthony Davis then effectively becomes the seventh player that i think that's the controversy that's the thing that i think got a lot of uh, play on social today i mean okay like i think i think the difficulty with the tier thing is that you have to cut it off somewhere and that these sure. guys it, it, it becomes effectively at this stage of the tiers right it becomes effectively a list for the exact reason you're talking about right right, right. where davis becomes the seventh best player he's the guy that was not in the top tier right yeah and you like i and this is also it, like if i was to bring into your previous point about like players being an ingredient when you're baking a cake or when you're making yeah. a salad or making a pizza <laughs> uh anthony davis in his previous cakes was nowhere near the 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 ingredient that he was in this cake on this pizza pie. <laughs> I love this metaphor. This is great. He's <laughs> he's so, aged very well. You're telling me. <laughs> well, like it, you know, when when you pair, it's like pineapple and ham. Are you a pineapple and pizza guy? <laughs> We're off the rails already. They for make this they make. <laughs> I want to see how far I can stretch this thing out. Well, here's, the, here's, here's the thing. Can I explain to you what his rationale was with Anthony okay. Davis? Because he makes, I think the writing of it is, is half of what makes this all interesting. And and I think this is why Anthony Davis, of all these top players, is so interesting. He doesn't really generate his own points at a rate like the rest of those those players. And he has this statistic to back this out, what percentage of his shots are assisted. And, you know, in, in New Orleans, you know, how much could he generate if there weren't other playmakers on the court and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what makes – to me, that's what makes player ranking silly. Is you're right that it's like saying he's not good at being the number one, but he's in insanely good, historically good at being the number two. And how do you mm -hmm. rank? How do you value those things? It's just depending on whatever definition you put on on what it means to be great. That's where you're going to place him. Yeah. So I that's that's something I'm kind of interested in because in the in the playoffs is actually his his uh percentage of assisted buckets went down from you know you went to but still going to rate higher than most than than most of the players above him yeah and that's where like so are bit are there any bigs in the in the top tier um i like don't the, believe so like so tier we go one, over that so this tier one and we don't know like i said it comes out tomorrow but it's going to include oh, these okay, six so players the lebron james kevin durant steph curry Kawhi leonard Giannis attentacumpo and james harden yeah so there's no bigs there's no bigs. And so, you know, if you're, if you're not including bigs because they all generally need the right, ball, right, you know, right. they, they need, you know, somebody to give them the ball on the post, then, right. then yeah, that, that, that kind of inherently limits what, what Davis can do in this conversation. Again, it's great off-season chatter stuff. It's, right. it's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't have the energy to argue over that because like, this stuff, you're right with me. I just don't care. I do think it's interesting, and I want to know your opinion because tomorrow there will be the reveal 1A and 1B. And I have a, if I were to break this category down into one A and one B, I have a one A and one B. But my one mm -hmm. A is a little, you know, it, it, there's something to it. What is your one you, A? Unique? What? Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> what, what I mean to say is, I have a one A. It's LeBron James. I think he is a tier of his by him yeah. lonesome. And then to I, me, I there's tier one B that would include a handful of players. For me, probably Anthony Davis. Yeah, I would probably. Yeah, because the other thing too is that you know this is. 
it's somewhat arbitrary where you cut your tears off at, but, but the, the, what LeBron did this year was just insane. You know, it was, it was unbelievable what he was doing and he was doing stuff on both. Like he, he previously what hadn't really cared on one end of the court. And then this year he did, you know, for, for stretches he did. So yeah, if he's, if he's that kind of, focused and energized on both ends of the court, then there is nobody as we, as we saw, like one of my favorite quotes uh, from the finals run was, you know, somebody asked LeBron, Hey, do you feel like you wasted one of your all time performances? He's like, I could just have another one tomorrow. <laughs> Whereas like Jimmy Butler had one of those all time yeah, performances yeah, yeah. and then was completely wiped for the next game. This is the thing about LeBron is if you go back and just look at his playoffs, even on some years that maybe you don't really remember them all. Sometimes you just go to the forgotten games. And you're like, Oh yeah, he had 38. Don't remember that game. 44. Yeah. Don't really remember it. Cause it was, <laughs> but the numbers are insane. They're not, you know, Oh, he scored 20 points and they won easily. No, he had his baseline of greatness is really, really high. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 I think where, where the next player is actually going to challenge him is where they, they find that baseline where, the, where that becomes their baseline. And I don't think we're ever going to see that again. Oh, come on. You sound like that. Everybody grows up and becomes the old man. We'll never I mean, see it again. I mean, like, Hey man, life's about progress. If these guys, yeah, I fair. saw seven foot three, 16 year old Victor, Victor W out of France next year, draining threes, crossover dribble. These players are just, adding newer newer skill sets and i so so do you think that player is playing in the nba right now that's what i mean who like oh the player the, who can yeah, have yeah. that 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 huh oh that oh like luca or zion or something yeah like, that, that that like can, somebody somebody in this next generation or this current generation is going to come along and have the baseline i don't think so on his i don't think so that's but, that's more what i meant eventually okay. somebody might come along right, and do that right, but I, like right. i don't think that player exists right now yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're in the NBA. I don't know who has the best chance of surpassing. Maybe Luca might be the only guy I could say, but I don't think so. I just mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. That was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Talking tears, talking pizza. Like now, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick second. I'm pro we... pineapple and ham pizza, by the way. Pro, very pro. You're pro it. I'm Thank pro. you. Thank Especially you. you I agree. Bacon on there, man. That's good. That's good stuff. And some jalapeno for some, some fire to, to even out now. the sweet. Oh, man. Now I'm definitely going to cook up some carne asada after this. We are going to take a quick second. And when I come back from eating that carne asada, we are going to talk about the top 10 uh, coaching jobs. Should they all be miraculously available right now? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some good carne. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, all right, so we're going to go, obviously, from, from 10 to 1. So the last the last one that we're going to talk about is going to be can we, uh, in can we do a couple just like that I wanted to ask you about that are not on my list, but I'm well, curious I, I, what you think of them. 
before we even get to that, I want to ask you like your parameters, like how you were defining what is a good job? What is, you know, what you're looking for if you were a coach? Did you ever coach? uh, Yeah, I mean, lower levels, of course. Never in the NBA though, Anthony, never at the NBA level. No, I did not. Um, But, you know, All that baking talk didn't get you in. (laughs) Um, My rationale for this was, heavily influenced by just how good the team was and how how much promise there was for the team to succeed because i think that like any profession the longer you get to do it the better you get at it and mm. if you don't have a success early in your career you don't get to do it for a long time so teams that are ready to win now give you a chance to grow into you know the coach into a better and better coach so the talent on the team was the primary driving force, but I did factor in just how hard would it be to coach this team, this group. Mm. And for that reason, I didn't have the Brooklyn Nets in my top 10, even though in theory, <laughs> yeah, the, they don't want to coach. <laughs> but, so you could make the argument that would make them the easiest. You're just, you're kind of there just to schedule practices and, you know, and, and okay, we're, we're being, we're exaggerating a little bit here, but you're, you're there to sort of guide the ship you know, in, in broad strokes, but maybe not micromanage, but the personalities would be incredibly tough. So I, I left them off my list. They were not in my top 10. The other reason I wouldn't have them on my list either is because of the baseline and the ceiling, like is yeah. so far apart. You yeah. know, it, it really maybe. having gone, having lived through the 2012 Lakers, the Dwight Mayer season yeah. where you saw the ceiling yeah. You know, on paper, that team made a lot of sense, but then everything that could have gone wrong did. And yeah. this this Nets team has a lot of the same questions that 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 Lakers team had. And man, if if enough of those things go wrong, even if uh, Steve Nash is not quote unquote coaching in the way that a normal head coach would, he's gonna get some of that flack. And yeah, and yeah I would I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to coach that team either. Also not on my list were the Rockets and they're similar to the Nets in this way. And that I think they're good enough to be good. You probably aren't going to get fired your first year, but I think it would Mm -hmm. also be an incredibly frustrating one, but maybe they, maybe I'm doing too hard on them. I mean, you can win games with Houston. I, I mean, obviously the, the, coaches out there tend to agree right <laughs> the fact that they haven't hired anybody i mean i, I don't i don't know i mean I would you rather be like for example the houston rockets or the washington wizards which is to say a team that's not very good mm-hmm. you know but or a team that is very good but maybe it's a little bit more difficult personalities and yeah i i would say i would rather coach the wizards because Oof. expectations there are lower like to, yeah that by the expectations with the expectations when you have james harden he's gonna yeah. be another he's gonna be in the mvp talks again he's you know the the rockets keep on falling short they yeah. fired mike d'antoni after a pretty freaking successful run yeah and you know i don't i think i i i you know i joked about it a second ago but i don't think it's really a coincidence that they haven't hired anybody i i don't know that i would want that job yeah Okay, that's fair enough. All right, let's get into my list. So number 10 right. for me, just got hired, Stan Van Gundy. Congrats, the 10th most desirable list. Is this surprising to you that it's so low with this young New Orleans team? No, because there's there's quite a bit of really good spots to coach, coach in, in yeah, the NBA. That's fair. Uh, but I will say, though, you know, if you were – it was the best available job, I think, by yeah. quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think Stan Van Gundy really, and it's funny because he went on Levitard and he was saying that like, if they ever have a team that's like in his backyard, 
that he wouldn't have to uproot himself for. He would, that's the team that he would be looking to coach. And then the team that happens to be closest to him that isn't the Orlando Magic uh, came calling. So, so shouts to Stan. I'm really going to miss him on TV. I yeah, guess. he was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I, Insightful. He was a star, I thought. So, uh, but in terms of, of caliber of job, what they do with Ingram is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, what they do with Holiday is going to be another factor in how good a job this actually is. Yeah. Uh, and then can Zion ever get healthy? Yeah. You know, you, Stan Van Gundy is very much tying his coaching career because I don't know how many jobs beyond this he's going to get. Right. He's very much tying his career to is Zion ever going right. to be able to stay on a court? And that was one of the biggest factors for me is there's a lot of expectations there. They have the expectation that they have a guy who very well could be maybe even likely is the face of this coming generation. That's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, you know, how many coaches has, has Lonzo ball had already in Brandon Egram and Josh Hart? Like those guys have already been through quite a bit of turmoil and now they're at the point of their careers to be paid and, and a little bit more pressure. And, and so for me, it feels very much like you're inheriting a first-year team or a second-year team, but you're kind of not. You're actually inheriting some guys that are a little bit further mm-hmm. along in their development. I think the window for them is a little bit tighter than it feels like, um, you know, given that they haven't really gotten to the playoffs or made that leap yet. So, um, And then on top of that, there's something to be said for it's New Orleans. It's a little bit of a smaller market, and you don't always have the most job security in those places because you don't know if the organization is going to stay committed or be patient or whatever. That said, it's New Orleans, and it's the best American city. So (laughs) just for the food alone, I would want to coach in New Orleans. Next one I have here is Miami Heat. Um, This this one would be tough. Anytime you follow up a great coach would be tough. So Spo out the door, you got to go in and follow that act. That's going to be a tough one. But I just think there's a bunch of professionals there. The organization just seems to have the buy-in of guys that are going to come here and and work Mm -hmm. and be committed and – I just think that helps. And they're good enough that you should have a good team um, this upcoming season, obviously. Yeah, they, they actually have a bit of upside, too, because their books are pretty clean uh, a couple of years from now. And, you know, you know Pat Riley is going to be very committed to winning right now. And the best right. way to stick around in the NBA is to win right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a really good one. And just like with New Orleans, you're living in Miami. Right. Yeah, that's actually, I should have moved it up. I should have moved it up. I didn't think this list through well enough. You, you always get the, uh, the important details here. The next one I have is the Memphis Grizzlies. The, the Grizzlies are what all the things I said didn't work maybe before New Orleans worked for Memphis. They're, one in, they're year one and year two into their, their, their rebuild here with, with Jaron Jackson and uh, John Morant. So they are young enough that the expectations aren't going to necessarily be there next season and beyond. Um, they got a really talented young team with enough assets going forward to have a slow, steady rebuild. Their, their expectations should be, you know, a slow two, three, four year progress. And that's a good place to be in when you have what seems to be good, hardworking young talent. So I think this is somewhat swayed by your own personal experience and seeing sure. how Denver has been able to, go through that exact you know yeah. track of of progress that's not how it always goes though like if you win if you make or if you're in the playoff race even not even yeah. making the playoffs if you're in the playoff race one year you come back the next year with higher expectations and and i don't know how many cores like when we think back over how many you know Really, yeah, sure. really promising young cores have actually, you know, come along since you and I have been covering the league. And how many of those cores have actually stayed together? And how many of those cores, by the way, have also 
stay together and had that same coach. I think, I think it becomes Denver. increasingly common though. And I, and I think part think of this so? is just, yeah, the evolution of the league. I mean, there are the haves and the have nots when it comes to superstar free agency mm-hmm. and the have nots, I think have moved and shifted over more towards the Denver or the Toronto plan where they're like, okay, we can't turn this ship around in one season we got to take a more longer approach. But I think there's also a bunch of teams, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Lakers, that have said, we can. And we're always one move away from being right back in it because we can make a bunch of moves in a row. And so there's two approaches. And I think teams like Memphis are so clearly the, have to be the other way. that there's no The way I would put it, Anthony, there's no other choice for teams like Memphis but to take the long, slow approach. Yeah, that's fair. But owners don't usually think that way, I don't think. You know, <laughs> they just need to make money. I mean, in Memphis, I think they're <laughs> yeah. it's more about well, the that's, money. Than... I mean, I guess that's one way where, as a coach, you'll get a little bit more time in Memphis is because John Morant is so obviously profitable. Yeah, like he's gonna keep butts in seats so long as he stays healthy. So, so long as you win enough and you make enough progress, you should be able to stick things out there long enough. And, and the money aspect of it won't be as big an issue. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to move on or do you want to take our break here and do the top eight? What are we at? We're at, we're at number seven. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. Boston Celtics, um, a, a lot of young talent. So you kind of combine the best of, of all of these. They're good mm-hmm. enough to compete. Um, they got a lot of young guys, pieces fit together. You got assets. You got a good you know, management team that always is, is trying to compete. Um, but you're all also following in the footsteps of Brad Stevens. And I don't think the Celtics, as much as they have a lot of young talent, I'm not sold that they are a year away from winning a title or anything. I think their talent is second tier. And so you, you kind of have a little bit of that. I, uh, I wouldn't mind following Brad, Brad Stevens. <laughs> is that right? I wouldn't. Well, because what's the expectation for Boston? Like make a final? It's not win, 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 the, win the finals. It's win the, of course it's win the finals. I don't think it's win the finals. Not with Brad Stevens. If I'm if Celtics fans would be thrilled to just make it there. <laughs> I can't tell ever if these are your honest takes or if this is just like your troll. This is trolling, right? Am I right? This is trolling, right? Let's this go ahead and throw a break and we'll find out. <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, all I'm saying is that is that Butler Holzer is, is you know has a little bit of to do. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> all right, number six. Are you ready? Six most yep. coveted or should be coveted coaching job. I got the Dallas Mavericks. You mm. got it. We talk about young talent. You've got Luka Doncic, and you're going to have him for a long time. He's a low maintenance coach. I think just from a scheming, an offensive scheming standpoint. I mean, he can run pick and roll extremely <laughs> well. You've got it covered, and you know, number one offense. I think that team is set up to compete and to contend. It's got to be for me. It's got to be Dallas. Cuban's also very loyal with coaches, yep. which is which is really big. Yep. You're following Carlisle, which are pretty yeah, big shoes. Tough. Yeah, it's big. It's I, tough. I, I think media uh, will like you though because you, no matter who you are, you're going to be nicer than Carlisle to the media. <laughs> 
I think Kirk just said the other day that Carlisle scared him out of the media. This is Kirk. <laughs> Adult. <laughs> Kirk yeah. we're talking about. All right. All right, who's next? Um, so yeah, nothing else about my Dallas. I mean, who wouldn't want to coach Luca? That's that's my big thing. Just I want I kind of want to see I kind of want to see what they do to build around Luca. Like it's one of those things where he's going to be so good that the expectations are going to be really high and it's just like kind of with Harden and only in a better situation, but, but with Harden, he's always going to be in that MVP conversation. And if your guy is winning or is coming close to winning MVP year after year after year, and you're falling short in the postseason in any, like in any way, shape or form compared to expectations, it's going to fall on your head. So I kind of want to see, they have a big off season ahead of them. I, I think they, they, they have some work to do. What's going to happen here with Chris Hotspur's knee. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's quite a few questions here. I think it's right to be at five. Uh, I, I might've put Miami over them personally, but, but that's just me. You're going to get mad at me because I screwed this, this order up <laughs> just because okay. of how I had them here. I actually had the Suns last, so they were 10th. So okay. I, yeah, so the, this we, Dallas was actually number five. So I, we, we just messed up on one. We don't have to talk about Phoenix. The tough thing with Phoenix is that they went through coaches so fast that part of you would say, okay, you're in the small market. You've got all this young talent, you know, eight, and you get to probably ride most of his, you know, a couple of years of his career, but it's Phoenix. And they just, they, I mean, they had a stretch there where they had like nine coaches in four years or five years. So mm-hmm. that, that's why I couldn't move them higher, but well, we, we, okay, they're going to ahead. have expectations this year. Like we talked about the, yeah. the young core that comes close to making a playoff run and all that stuff. They're going to have expectations. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how that goes for them. So number four, so Dallas five, number four on my list was uh, the Pacers. Another team that I think just has solid, hard, you know, good players. You're going to be good, but more than anything, that's a team that I think is going to hire a coach to be there. They don't want to, they don't want to cycle through coaches and pay multiple yeah. coaches. So it's a safe sort of middle of the road not middle of the road team middle of the road like tier two tier three team that's got a lot of guys that i just think you can coach they're they're coachable guys did you screw up the order on these guys too <laughs> no, the pacers. <laughs> you know what tell me about the pacers i'm gonna i'm gonna tell this you this is so, so wild no say yeah, that like let me say this you Indiana? you get to go walk into this and you have the celtics job or the pacers job which one do you think you get fired from first doing the same job well, the Celtics have a better team. So if I'm if I'm doing I'm the same the, job with the Celtics and and my team is finishing higher than the Indiana Pacers, then like I'm saying yeah. there's job security in Indiana. That's what I'm trying to say. There's job security. You're gonna get there, you're gonna be safe, and you got guys, you got guys on that team that are, are you know, high IQ, smart players, hard hard working players. I just think you're set up. Dude, Nate McMillan was just one of the more controversial players. This is really bad. This is a terrible right. This was a bad one. Because he was fear right. This is horrible. You win this. You win this one. Okay. It was All my right. topic, so I had the I have home home topic advantage. Number three, I took the Nuggets. I think okay. they are a team that again, same thing. Extremely, you got a superstar that's very unselfish. You got a lot of young talent. I mean, you got so much young talent, you can't even get them all on the court always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you, you're set up and then same thing. You're here in Denver and the Cronkies, they don't want to go through a bunch of new coaches. So mm-hmm. I think you're safe there. That's a good ride. Yeah. I, I would say, I would add to that, that Jokic is not only is he like really easy to, you know, he's, he's easygoing and, and it doesn't appear to take much for him to buy in, but also he's one of the easiest players to put people around. 
right? Yeah. He's, oh, totally. Yeah. He's so easy. It's going to look good. And it's going to look yeah. good too. Cause it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a nice balanced approach. And, I, think it's a, I think it's a great job to have. I think if the a Denver spot came open, that coaches would be clamoring for that, that job. And the expectations I don't think are title or bust in, in Denver. I don't think they'll ever be there in, in that regard, that high. The so, title will be the goal, I think, now and probably for the next several years, but the bust part won't be there yet. It won't be the right, bust. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, number two on my list, I have the Lakers. Wow. I think this is just a roll the ball out job, and then you have a whole army of people saying that you should be coach of the year. You get incredible <laughs> support from your fan base. See, now I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're trolling. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the lie. You've already got a player on your team that is smarter than any coach in the world. So like already you have like a mentor. He's your star player. You've Caruso? got the second best player arguably in the world. You're set up. And then you have an entire recruiting arm, you know, that just like brings players <laughs> to you. Uh, you're, you're set up. This Lakers gig is incredible. The only thing is if it does go in the off chance that it somehow goes wrong, then you know, you're, you're out of there quick, but that's the only, that's the only problem. Will you talk about, like, we just talked about Denver, not having title or bus expectations. Like yeah. the Lakers from now on, Frank Vogel from now on is going to have title or bus expectations. And it's going to be title. So it's a it's congrats to him. I'm really interested who comes higher than the Lakers because like you're living mm. in LA, you, yeah. everything you talked about, like with the organization, now that they're good too, like you you're going to be getting a bunch Los of Angeles. like really like, good. I can't imagine living there; would be horrible. So, <laughs> living there as a millionaire is it's, it's probably quite That's a bit probably different. True, you're right. I never lived there as like an extremely wealthy person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I, I'm really interested to see who's who's better. Who like which you consider a better job? The number one for me here is the Toronto Raptors. It's the greatest organization in, in basketball right now. You've got an incredible general manager, president, that's going to bring you all the resources. You know all the resources they give you there? They want to win. They've set it up to be comfortable for their coaches. They give you the players. they got this great training staff, great facilities. It's the Toronto Raptors security there. Like, yeah, there's an expectation of title or bust, but you're going to have a, that Miami Heat-type culture. You're going to have uh, – arguably the, the best GM handing you players and you've got a great process already established for you. It's the, it's the Raptors. One, I disagree. Two, is Masai Ujiri like too good at his job though? Like that's my <laughs> thing. Cause at some point he's gonna, he's gonna get like a Godfather offer from some team, right? Oh, I see. Well, I don't know. Toronto's willing to pay, but may, maybe if they, you're if right. They're, if they're willing to pay up, then then fantastic. Then yeah. then you're right. But I feel like Masai Ujiri is too good of a GM. He's to, he's too good to, for Toronto. This is such a classic Anthony take. Oh Are you trying God. to get him to I'm LA? Not, is this the point you're trying no, to? I'm, no, I'm saying that like the the opportunity like that that what better situation is always is in the back of your head that like this guy who is part of why this is considered the best job in the NBA could be any any like we talked about we talked about like this is if the, in this situation all of these jobs became available if masai ujiri left toronto every single organization would make their there's only would make two, their gm position there's only two i could see him going to new, new york well i guess okay. that that's two teams on its own brooklyn and, and new mm -hmm. york and dc and the only reason for that masai ujiri has broader visions than just what he's doing with the Toronto Raptors. He has a, a entire um, series of academies and infrastructure being built mm -hmm. in, in all over the continent of Africa right now. And I think being in New York or DC would give you a better opportunity, both for, um, you know, 
to, to raise money and, and, and gain donors and, and just a lot more opportunity for him to network and to grow what I think is even more important than, to him than NBA basketball. So those are the only teams. But Toronto provides him everything he needs. I thought when you said DC, I thought politicians because I, I, I think I thought he could I mean, be a politician. No, no, no. I, th- I think oh, he could be a politician. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, he, I just think he's that charismatic and talented and stuff. But the DC uh, stuff, stuff came though. I thought there was a moment in time where it looked like maybe he was going to go there, and then you know they went another direction. So yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I think I would you know obviously Homer take here, but I would swap the top two, just because like you, the the parameters that you talked about heading into this thing was like what the best team, and I think the Lakers have the best team right now. Yeah, but LeBron, you know, if he you got like a week to establish yourself with him, and if it don't, that's not right, man. You might not make it to training camp. That's 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 a tough obstacle. Pascal Siakam doesn't have that. Pool. Am I, wait, wait, am I? Kyle Lowry isn't getting you pulled because you you know he didn't like the first week of practice. Am I represented by Clutch? Because like <laughs> if I am, then I'm set. Like you you know. I can't believe I had the pacer. I'm I'm so ashamed of it. <laughs> I, I can't lie, dude. You made it's me wait. Too bad you guys. Too it's too to bad you guys this. can't see the 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 visual of us. <laughs> you guys can't see video. When Adam said the Pacers, I thought he was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea where one. that came from. So anyway, this was fun. This is a, it was a fun topic. Uh, we are beginning. We're going to be getting ready for the draft here in a few weeks. The uh, the NBA, I believe, announced or ESPN announced that uh, November 18th is when they're looking at for the draft. So we have plenty of stuff to uh, keep your eye on there. Uh, obviously, the the off season is going to start popping here in a bit as well. Uh, so so plenty of reasons to stick around for for the Locked On NBA shows uh, and then elsewhere across the, the network. World Series is going on. NFL is in full swing. College football is playing. Uh, so, so regardless of what team you follow, you can find them on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great rest of your week, though. And Adam and I will talk to you guys next Friday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.